You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 72, Cancer Thrivers Need to Get Good at Asking Powerful Questions, with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow Cancer Thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. Today, we are talking about the power of questions and how cancer thrivers need to really get good at asking these powerful questions in their day-to-day lives, in their medical lives, with their, their medical teams, so in various different contexts. So how do we go about doing all of this? Really, what, what impact can these powerful questions have on on us and our cancer experience. So maybe we can just jump right in and talk about the power of questions. So let's start with that. Yeah. Well, I think when we talk about questions, I think the reason people ask questions as a whole are for two reasons. I think one, because they are curious about something. So maybe they're not as familiar with a topic and they're engaged in it and they want to know a little bit more about that topic in general or when they don't know the answers to something. So it's a pretty simple definition, but at the same time, it's very abstract because questions can come from different angles. They can be used in different experiences. And a lot of the time, they're used as powerful tools to get where we want to go. And when we look, we can dive into cancer experiences and it can be used a lot in different aspects. And I think a lot of the time when we look maybe towards a cancer experience in general, when we look at the beginning, we ask a lot more questions that are general, that are more vague. We're curious about what's going on. Why am I assigned a new dentist? Why do I have to be an inpatient? What is this treatment that's going on? And some of the questions that we ask when we maybe move along in a cancer treatment or a cancer experience. The questions become more complicated, but they're more developed because we know a little bit more about what we're going through, but now we're asking the more in-depth questions, sort of questioning our oncology nurse a little bit more and the oncologist sitting across from us in the chair. So as our experience goes, and it doesn't even have to be necessarily with cancer, maybe if we deal with something and we understand more about it, that's when our questions become more developed, they become more powerful. And we really get to the meat and potatoes of questions. Yeah, I think you're very right in saying that at the base of it all, questions are powerful. We use questions really to understand things and out of curiosity. If I can push it a little further, I think we also use questions for many other reasons. First of all, to take back control of a, a situation or, or our lives, when we start asking those questions to oncologists in this context, oncologists and nurses and, and different organizations, we're trying to get back that control of a situation we often feel like we have no control in. So when you're asking your oncologist, what does this medication do, is to take back the, that control and be able to make an informed decision about that treatment, for example. We also ask questions to build relationships. And in this context, we're building relationships with people we've, we now have something in common with, often cancer, or we build relationships with care teams that are literally life-saving at the, at the end of it. It's about listening to someone else. It's about creating, again, those connections that can really help you 
down the road and, and really help you go through this experience not alone. We also talk can talk about questions being the key to to breakthroughs or, or innovations or the key the key to success or asking questions and the good questions can lead us I think to to understand ourselves better to have those aha moments that can help us get through that cancer experience better once you start asking questions for example about certain symptoms you might be able to put a name to that that component to that that symptom and be able to treat it better so I think it it helps us kind of get those those key informations that can help us that can really change our experience around and finally I think when asking questions I think we're we're forced to think critically about certain aspects so we're not necessarily just there going through the cancer experience as or being walked through the, that cancer experience, we're actively engaging in it, which I think can make all of the difference in the world when it comes to to saving your life and and doing it in a way that allows you to still thrive in your life and not just experience life. Yeah. I think questions lead to other questions as well. And a lot of the times when we ask maybe a simple question about a subject, in the grand scheme of things, we end up learning a little bit more because our curiosity peaks when we get an answer that is open-ended or maybe sparks an interest in something else. And so it's, I think, powerful to understand that asking a simple question can get our, ourselves a lot farther in a conversation than we maybe initially thought. When we look at cancer specifically, when do you think we ask the most questions? When do you think there's a part of our experience where we either ask an abundance of questions or more of the questions are are asked at that time. I think for for some people it would be a diagnosis. It's when you have the most questions because you want to know about treatments, you want to know about options, you want to know about services. You're you're right in it. I'm not a hundred percent sure that that those are questions that. Um, necessarily get us very far because half the time I think we're not necessarily listening to the answer or understanding the answers at that point. I think when we start asking true questions that really do have an impact on our experience is when we start meeting other cancer thrivers and that's when we start asking really interesting questions getting to know these people, getting to know their experience. We are almost kind of hungry (laughs) for all that information. So we're asking, 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 and taking so much in to, to kind of make sense of this experience. So I think automatically, I would say medically, we ask questions, but I think the most powerful questions and important questions are are social and, and experiential. I really do agree. I think the relation between the amount of questions asked and the amount of power in the questions is almost negatively correlated as we go towards cancer. And what I mean by that is, like you said, we ask all these questions at the beginning and we're not really prepared for the answer. We're not looking for an answer that's abstract. We're just asking and maybe we're not listening. But as cancer continues, we ask less questions that become more defined. They become more in-depth. And I think the thing to note about that is that we shouldn't feel the need to ask less questions as we continue through our treatment. Even if we think we know more about what we're going through, I think it's important to note that you shouldn't feel 
you should avoid questions or you shouldn't feel that maybe you shouldn't ask questions. They are going to be more in depth. They are going to be maybe more argumentative when it comes to maybe your oncologist or maybe socially when you're sort of picking up picking apart a point. But I think it's important to note that we should be asking the same amount of questions going through any journey because there is still so much to learn at any point of an experience. So would you say that sometimes we we may think we ask a lot of questions, but we don't actually like socially, do you think that we always overestimate the amount of questions we actually ask in a day? Yeah, I think we do. I think if you really were to ask somebody how many questions did you ask today, maybe they would say a lot and and maybe they would be right on certain days. But I think there's certain questions like, how is the weather today? What are we going to have for dinner? They're questions, don't get me wrong, but they're not powerful. So I think the importance is maybe we overestimate the amount of questions we ask on a regular day basis. But even if we may be right, they're not questions that need to be answered right away or they're not questions that pose a really abstract point and I think it's important to note that and it's actually a really cool question to ask someone is how many questions do you think you've asked today because they may think and sit back and think maybe I should be more curious about what's going on in my in my world even if it's outside of a diagnosis or cancer but when you are going through cancer specifically asking questions is never a bad thing I think in general more more information is better than less and when you look at someone asking questions you think okay that person's curious and maybe they want to know a little bit more about the answer. I'm asking this question because I think that a lot of us have a lot to say, and I think we end up saying a lot more than we ask other people. So I think it's, I, I'm when we're talking about questions and asking them, do we have to first look at ourselves and say, am I asking, actually asking other people questions to know their answer to instead of just trying to ask to get my point across yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. So now we talked a lot about where we use questions, why we use questions, and, and how our cancer experience involves a lot of questions. Now, is there times where we would avoid asking questions, and why would we avoid asking questions? Is it really for us, or do we do it to appease others? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's a... We learn to avoid questions I think socially because we don't want to be nosy or we don't want to push the person too far when it comes to ourselves I think we also are sometimes afraid of the answers we're going to get by asking the question and I think sometimes it can also be about creating an emotional distance with someone because if we get too close, we can get hurt. If we get too close, we're taking on some of those emotions for ourselves and sometimes we just can't handle that. So I think it is both about avoiding questions for ourselves and for others. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think you made a good point of being scared of the answer. That's definitely something that I was considering when, when looking at answering this question in particular. And I think adding to that, I think another element of avoiding questions is that maybe we know what the answer is, but we don't want to make it reality. And we don't want to ask because we know that is the answer. So maybe we don't want it. Like, for example, if we're asking our on, like, there was a situation once where I had to my blood levels weren't ready to take on a certain treatment for that day. And 
I didn't want to ask my doctor, is this going to push my treatment ahead? Because I knew it would, but if I didn't say anything, it wouldn't be a reality. Maybe we would be able to just skip that treatment day. So a lot of the times I think we avoid questions because we want to make it still a mystery and a mystery and something that's more emotional in our heads, we can control how we react to it. And when it becomes a reality, it's out there in public and we actually have to make an informed decision on how to react to it. So I think it's a little bit more to create that safe haven in ourselves when we avoid those questions because we know the answer or we're scared. And if we avoid them, then they're not real. We, they're, they're not a reality. They're not a topic we have to deal with, at least in the near future. And it's funny you bring up whether it's for us or for others because when I think about it initially, I think it's just for us to feel safe that we're avoiding questions is that, like I said, we don't have to talk about it. We don't have to talk to another individual. But it is a good point to avoid questions for others because we don't want to dive into maybe a personal life. And, and socially, we've been raised maybe to not concern ourselves with other people's business. And maybe that's a good thing in certain aspects. But maybe in another in another realm or another way we look at it is maybe if something's go someone is going through something, Maybe we have to ask questions because that person doesn't feel comfortable talking about it themselves. I think it's important to note that when we avoid asking questions, it could be good or it could be bad. But my question too is, is there a good time to avoid questions? Is there any time where avoiding questions is a good thing? Maybe we should continue to do it. As a cancer thriver, I think that people really thought that they were avoiding questions for my sake, that they, they didn't want to pry, they didn't want to, to ask those questions that could trigger me emotionally. I think that really in their heads, they were not asking the questions because for them it was not a good time to do so. Unless we were in a closed room and I was crying, let's say, or, or very emotional then that would have been a good time. But I think anything else was categorized as not a good time. So I'm not sure. But from my point of view, I guess, I really was looking for those questions. I was I was craving those questions because that's how I was going to build connections with people as a cancer thriver. I was no longer just Gabrielle. I was now also living through this experience that was traumatizing for the at the very least wanting to talk about it but no one was asking me so I think that we often think that it might be not a good time to ask questions and we're waiting for that perfect opportunity but at the same time we're also leaving someone hanging who might really want to talk about it and not everyone wants to talk about it but at some level I'm sure that they probably do and it's about kind of tiptoeing until you find that sweet spot that they want to be in and and that can give them the opportunity to express themselves so I'm not sure if I quite answered the question but no no I, I like I like what you said there I think just for me answering it myself to going along with what you said I think there's times to avoid questions but in a general sense, I think it, it's more of a negative thing when we avoid asking questions. And I think one way to combat our fear of asking someone something is the way we ask them. If someone's in a rush, maybe we can ask a quicker question or maybe we could say, do you have a second? And then we can pose a question. 
And if someone is feeling emotional, we can always try and ask a question, maybe a little lighter. And if we get a reaction from them saying, or like physically or mentally, you can tell emotionally that they're not invested in answering, we can avoid it. I think the idea is at least if we try and ask a question at a certain time, we can gauge to see if it's the right move. And if we avoid it altogether, maybe we have regrets. So I think at any point, it's good to ask a question because A, you may get the answer that you're looking for that you didn't expect. And B, maybe you forget next time. Maybe you don't ask that question, even if it's something simple like, do you still have this? Like, are you borrowed my shirt? Do you have it? Maybe you forget and then you never see a shirt again. Like just an example, right? So I think it's important because those thoughts are in your head. And, and if you're asking a question at a certain time, emotionally, you're invested. And maybe the next time you either forget or you're not as invested in that question anymore. So I think just even trying at certain times is beneficial because you can gauge that person's reaction, whether you should follow through with that question. I'm curious, do you picture a specific time that would be an ideal time to ask questions? And does that time for you, that, that space, that situation happen often enough to, to justify it being the perfect time? I think the perfect time to ask a question should be one-on-one with an individual if you're trying to. I think that's one way to do it because you're going to get that person's raw emotions with yourself. There's a lot of times where I'm at work, just for example, and I'm doing a briefing with my staff and I have questions to ask individuals, but I don't want to put them on the spot or I don't want to get the peanut gallery answering for them and have a, a big discussion it's not beneficial for anyone. So I think one-on-one is, is number one. And I think a lot of the time, to answer your second question, because these, these situations I don't think happen enough to be able to justify the perfect time, I think there's only a, a finite amount of times where we really do have the perfect opportunity to ask questions. I think it's on the person trying to ask these questions to take initiative to find a time. For example, again, bringing into work, I wanted to talk to my supervisor and I had a lot of questions and a lot of concerns that I wanted to bring to her attention. So I messaged her and said, can we meet today or tomorrow or sometime this week for half an hour? And if you take initiative and you find time with that individual on your own terms, then that's the perfect time to ask a question because A, you have that time and you've booked that time and it's just you and that individual. And B, you have time to prepare, and that person has time to prepare. Normally, when you want to have a discussion, questions are obviously going to be involved, and it's going to be a discussion from both sides. But I don't think there's enough time to justify that perfect time. I think you really have to grasp those times and and take them to your full advantage. Well, considering there's only technically one requirement that you you suggested was required, Mm -hmm. maybe it is more possible to create that time and and that space Mm -hmm. to ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. I think it it really depends on the time that you have with them. So if you know you have enough time, ask the questions. And if not, then maybe get to the the question you want to ask that person the most, maybe the one that takes the most priority. The one that's most powerful, basically. Exactly. Our next question is, now we've we've talked about questions in general and, and what the power of questions are. Now, if we, we kind of switch that around and say, what are powerful questions? Uh, maybe we can have a discussion about that. 
So what are powerful questions? I think powerful questions, if I had to, I guess, define it in one or two sentences are questions that have the power to change things in the long term. So I think questions that are powerful are normally open-ended. Normally, they're questions that maybe we don't ask on a day-to-day basis. And they're questions we don't necessarily have to ask other people. We can just even ask ourselves. And they're questions that they may cause some type of comfort issue in the meantime. I think a question that's powerful is, is asked because we know that there might be times ahead that are difficult that we have to deal with. Or it may pose an answer that we're not comfortable answering and that we're not super confident in. So they're groundbreaking questions. They're questions that we don't ask often, but that need to be asked. For example, I guess to look at it one way when it maybe comes to cancer, they're related to sort of the listeners with the podcast, a powerful question would be, is this treatment right for me? That's powerful because maybe we don't know the answer, but maybe it's something we've been thinking for a while. So that can be a question we can ask ourselves, but it's also obviously a question we could ask our oncologist. And it leaves a lot of things maybe unanswered in the meantime. Maybe we don't know the answer. Maybe we're thinking yes or no. Maybe the oncologist is suggesting one thing over the other. It really leaves a lot of open-ended and, and, and possibilities there. An answer, a, question, a powerful question I asked myself was, was I ready to go back to school? So that was something that mentally I was ready to do, and it was something I proactively wanted to do the minute I was diagnosed, apparently. But I thought about it, and I was like, physically, am I ready? So I know school was in September. I was thinking in July and June, okay, physically, am I ready? Is it going to work with my treatment? And it was a powerful question because I wasn't ready to hear no. And so I wanted to ask because I thought this is the time to ask. I need to know the answer to make my future bright and to 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 go about in the, the most positive way. And again, I did ask my oncologist, I asked my friends, I asked my parents. So maybe another criteria now that I'm talking of powerful questions is that it shouldn't just be asked once. Maybe we have to ask more than one individual to really get a good answer. And ask ourselves more than once to get a good answer. Exactly, too. exactly. <laughs> and maybe ask it in different ways. I, when you're talking about... Um, is this treatment right for me? That's one way of asking the questions. What other way, powerful ways can I ask the same question that can give me different answers or, or come make me come to different conclusions or, or the same conclusions maybe, such as what is my gut telling me to do in regards to treatment? So the there are different ways to ask the same powerful questions that can can really have an impact on us. I think that powerful questions at its core will create empathy. So I'm talking not necessarily asking ourselves, but also asking ourselves that can create empathy for our own experience, but also for the experience of others or the role of others within our cancer experience. I think it also inspires truth because when you're asking powerful questions people are I think one gonna have a harder time lying about the answer because they are often more complex questions than than what have you eaten for dinner or or whatnot I also think that powerful questions really require people to 
reflect upon themselves and their experience. And there's a lot of self-reflection that comes with powerful questions. And sometimes when we ask those powerful questions, like you said, it might not be answered right away. And we have to keep that in mind when we're asking other people powerful questions. They might not have an answer for you, the answer for you, but they might come back to you later on and Worst comes to worst, you've just planted a seed in their head, that one question that they might think about for the next week, an answer for themselves. And you might never know the answer, but asking the question, asking a powerful question isn't necessarily about getting an answer. Not always, I think. When we talk about examples of powerful questions, I had fun. I Within the context of my work as a, a intern cancer coach at, at different points, throughout my my university experience I've had to learn how to ask those those questions that will lead someone in a way to reflecting upon their experience and and what's most important to them etc and I've found that I love coming up with great questions that actually do give something that that changes someone's in in whatever way, ways that I probably don't understand half the time. It's about, one that I had seen a while back was asking, how are you doing? And then once the person has answered this, okay, good, that, that kind of automatic reply is asking again, now, how are you actually doing? Or how are you really doing today? And it's about, because how are you doing can be a powerful question, I think. It's just we've automated that response. And so that's one that I, I think it can be really crazy ideas. Like all those those websites about with examples of 21 questions to ask someone or all of this. Sometimes it's like 350 questions to ask someone. I think all of those questions can be interesting. It's It's about being curious about the other person is so it's what's the craziest conversation you've had in your cancer in the context of your cancer experience could be one that could really give you an interesting answer it could be how did you feel the first time you walked into your cancer center just little things that people wouldn't necessarily always discuss but that can really make people think maybe make them feel good maybe remember a memory that is hard but that they wanted to share all those things I really think some of the cool things you said they're really the fact that asking a question once especially a powerful question you you might not get an answer a in general first of all or you might not get the answer that that person's really feeling because maybe they're caught off guard or maybe they have to think about it so Powerful questions should be asked more than once. I think it's a really good way to put it. And they should be asked maybe in different ways. There's a lot of different ways to ask a powerful question. I think, too, if you ask a question, you shouldn't have an idea of what the answer would be already in your head. I think you need to be open-minded because then it leads you to already think, okay, this is the way that person is going to answer. And if you're caught off guard, maybe you don't respond well. Maybe you're not ready for that answer. So I think when you ask a question, you need to be understanding that it may go in of one of many ways. And when you're a little bit more open-minded to what an answer is, you can respond in different ways. You can lead a conversation in different ways, and you may be more pleasantly surprised in an answer that you didn't expect. 
I, I completely agree with you. Asking questions, powerful questions is about not knowing what the answer is going to be and being okay with that. And at first I'm like, oh, with other cancer thrivers, with caregivers, with anyone else socially, that works. And then I'm thinking about in the context of your oncology visit, when you're asking questions to, to be able to yourself decide something and how it can be scary to not know an answer and to not expect an answer. But if you remove that pressure of, I need it to be this answer, maybe you're going to be more open to understanding exactly what's going on. And that can, I think, lead to you making an even better decision than if you would have had something in mind already that the doctor or oncologist or, or nurse or whoever was telling you. Now, I'm curious. I'm I'll, I'll go back to my question that I, I really love about how are, are you doing. If I were to ask you, and I'm not asking you to answer it necessarily, but if I was asking you a powerful question such as really how are you doing or, or any other powerful question that you can think, how do you think that you would feel as a cancer thriver being asked those questions? I think it's it's a loaded question for sure because you don't know what part of yourself to answer first. Maybe when you're a cancer thriver, I think you feel the need to to talk about your cancer first. So my treatment's going well, so everything's fine. I'm I have six months left of treatment, or I have this next week, and I think you a lot of cancer thrivers put their put their treatment and put their illness i guess in a sense if you look at it that way first and they have to answer for that and sometimes they don't answer with oh i'm great i actually have you know this next week i have like an exciting event coming up so i'm feeling good so i think a lot of people answer for their current state first and I think a way that we could answer it is is just I'm feeling good. I have, you know, I have a nice dinner next week. Christmas is coming up. So I've been shopping a lot recently, things like that. So I think cancer thrivers do answer for themselves more so like how they're physically feeling and if they're tired or whatever the case may be. So they neglect a lot of just a question that and maybe someone not going through it would answer. So I think that's something that may be a suggestion answer however you feel you don't necessarily need to make a statement about oh my treatment is going well but I think generally and I, I'm speaking for myself too how I like to answer I felt like when people asked me that question when I went through treatment that that's all they wanted to know so that's what I answered for what I'm hearing is that to ask a powerful question you need to be ready to follow it up with other questions oh 100 percent. because <laughs> what, you, what you said was really what anyone would answer to just how are you doing yeah but then it's about following up with oh really are you are you really feeling this way like it's not hard today it's not yeah. harder today are no. you having a good day like right so i think that i like your answer because it really makes me think that we need to get good at not just asking powerful questions but asking very good follow-up questions and being persistent to a certain point. Of course, you have to read the other person, but it's okay to make someone, I think, a little uncomfortable. Oh, I completely agree. It's a good, it's a good little experiment we did there. I like that. <laughs> In today's episode, we discuss 
the idea of questioning and what are the power of questions in the sense that where do we use certain questions? Why do we use certain questions? And when it relates to a cancer experience, where do our questions come from? Why do we ask them and how do we ask them? And who do we really ask them to? We discuss the idea of when avoiding questions is beneficial and when it is maybe a detriment and why we actually avoid asking questions to certain people in general. And do we really do that for ourselves or do we do it for others in our lives? And a lot of the times we just discuss how questions can be used in our cancer life and who do we ask them to. So I've asked a lot of questions even in this send-off because the topic of questions is very beneficial to discuss and that's the main topic of today we really want to hear what questions our podcast listeners are, are asking and we really want to discuss the topic of questions and how it can be used in our cancer life this ends episode 72 cancer thrivers need to get good at asking powerful questions like alex said this is part one of the episode so you We'll have to wait until next week. Listen to next week's episode for the end of this conversation we had on asking powerful questions. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, if you simply want to share your story, do reach out through the Soar Above Cancer blog as well as our social media accounts, which are all linked in the show notes. Many smiles and see you next week.